We're here today with Father Chris Alar, author of After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You. Father, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. First of all, let's start with a question I think a lot of people have asked over the years and, and have even today. Can someone who has died by suicide have a Catholic funeral? Yes. In fact, there's actually part of the rites of the funeral rites that actually specifically pray in the college for those who have taken their own lives. And it's an amazing concept because a lot of us Catholics have not fully understood church teaching, which is that a person who has taken their own life can have a Catholic funeral. Uh, for years, this was not the case, but over time, churches discipline change mm -hmm. uh, changes, not just the doctrine, the discipline. And the churches within her uh, developmental uh, development of and changing of discipline now offering uh, to those who have taken their life uh, the full rights of the Catholic Mass. Okay. And um, it states right in the right that the, we pray for those who've taken their own lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's a change of liturgical practice, not a change of faith or morals. Or teaching, correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Then kind of along with that, many people have heard that the church teaches folks who die by suicide go straight to hell. So this isn't true? Well, we know from the Catechism 2283 and other uh, passages right in that area of the Catechism that one should not despair of the eternal mm -hmm. salvation of those who have taken their own lives. By ways known to God alone, mm -hmm. he can provide them the opportunity for repentance. Hmm. So this is phenomenal because... Um, the catechism is telling us right there, if we should not despair of the eternal salvation of ones who have taken their own lives, that must mean that there is a hope for their salvation. Mm -hmm. So a lot of factors come into play here. Um, there is no doubt. Um, but I'd like to, to point to the diary of St. Faustina that confirms kind of this passage in the catechism because in 1486 and 1698, uh, Jesus makes it clear that he comes to the soul at mm -hmm. the moment of death and gives them the opportunity to turn back to him. Mm -hmm. 1486, he was talking about coming three times to the soul. In 1698, he was talking about a lot of times the soul looks like it's lost, but it's not so. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to that soul, and I am giving them the opportunity to turn back to me. So quite fascinating. Yeah, and it's one of those reminders that it depends so much on, on God and not us. Yes. That we don't see everything that goes on. We don't know other people's souls or other people's state of soul. And that's what 1698 summarizes, that yeah. basically our Lord, not in these words, but mm -hmm. paraphrasing, you have no idea all that's going on yeah. in that soul yeah. at the moment of death. Because remember, death is not the moment that the, the uh, vital signs stop. Mm -hmm. Death for the definition of the church is when the soul separates from the body, mm -hmm. and we don't know exactly when that is. Mm -hmm. It could be an hour after the last vital sign. Mm -hmm. We don't know. And at that time, God can work miracles. <laughs> Limits on scientific knowledge. Who'd have thought? Yes, exactly. Now, kind of adjacent to that, speaking about the state of people's souls and, and what people have done that's wrong, what's the difference between a gravely wrong act and a mortal sin? Well, I think this confuses a lot of people because Actually, we can never say definitively that somebody's in a state of mortal sin. Mm -hmm. And that shocks. I get hate mail all the time. Father, uh, why are you saying this? This is misleading souls to hell. No, it's not. Objectively, a sin is grave. Mm -hmm. So uh, suicide is an objectively grave sin. 
Um, a lot of things, we know the obvious, abortion or murder, but other things that are not so obvious, masturbation, lose, missing mass on Sunday, these are things that people don't understand are objectively grave. Mm-hmm. But to become mortal, and what's the difference between grave and mortal? The only way a, si- a soul is lost is to die in an unrepentant state of mortal sin. Mm-hmm. The church is always taught if we die in an unrepentant state of mortal sin, our soul is unfortunately lost. Well, hopefully God gives that chance to repent, as we just said a second ago. But the conditions, there are three the church teaches for a sin to be mortal. Mm -hmm. One, it must be grave matter. Well, we just gave a few examples there. So suicide, yes, is grave matter. It's very serious. We're not, um, it's it's never, it's, it's, you know, suicide is a, a it's a permanent response to temporary problems. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean we're, mitigating or alleviating somebody's problems. We all have problems, Mm -hmm. but it's a permanent response because our eternal fate is then sealed. But in order for a sin to be mortal, three conditions have to be there. One, that it's grave matter. Suicide is. Two, that you have full knowledge. Well, most people have knowledge that suicide is a sin. Mm -hmm. My grandma, who took her life, knew Mm -hmm. that suicide was a sin. But it's the third condition that I think is not present mm-hmm. for many examples of suicide, and that is free will. What do you mean? Well, Catechism 2282 states that there are factors such as depression or anxiety or mental illness or, or other factors that can influence uh, people's decision-making, that they may not be making a free will decision. Mm-hmm. My grandma didn't want to take her life. She struggled daily. She fought the fight, but she couldn't anymore. She gave up. I truly don't believe she had full free will, which said, you know what? I want to do this. Mm -hmm. I am going to do this. This is my choice. I don't think so. And that's what a lot of Catholic theologians now say about suicide. Okay. So it's sort of like in the legal system where if you shoot someone accidentally, it's one category of crime, but if you mean it, then it's another. Yes, there's, there's motive. I always wondered growing up why motive was so important. Mm-hmm. And the courts put a lot of emphasis on just that, mm-hmm. motive. Like, uh, you know, like if I came up with a plan to attend to do this, I think that's how God views a sin being mortal yeah. versus not if that free will is not there. Uh, you know, for instance, a husband walking in on his wife committing adultery and in, a, mm-hmm. in an unplanned fit of rage um, beats up the other man and, and he dies, mm-hmm. this may not be judged in the same way as a calculated plan of revenge yeah. over years that I'm going to get this guy and I'm going to do this. Our emotions sometimes factor in mm-hmm. that can even cloud our free will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing how... How, how messy our lives yeah. are. You know, <laughs> well, the, the result of original sin, right? Yeah, and the morality is fairly clear. The Ten Commandments yeah. are fairly clear. We, we have laws and rules that govern our lives. But in the moment, in the individual case, often there is so much room for mercy as well as justice. Yes, correct. And this is the whole thing. Mercy is not eliminating justice. Yeah. It's not <clears throat> canceling justice. Mm-hmm. Mercy walks hand in hand with justice because God says, I... My justice is present in my mercy. In other words, the greater the sinner, the greater right he has to my mercy. Yeah. That's just. Um, if this man is sick, he has the just right to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And so Christ is saying that about his mercy. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Now, in the book, you, you make a rather exceptional claim. You talk about our ability to intercede for our loved ones who have died by suicide, even if they died a long time ago. Now, that sounds impossible. Mm -hmm. So could you explain? Yeah, I think this was one of the most challenging and yet rewarding parts of the whole book. Mm -hmm. You know, we call this book uh, after suicide, but I could have called it after death mm -hmm. because this the concepts of this book really apply to any kind of of loss, mm -hmm. any kind of um, a death. Let's say you lose someone to cancer, natural causes, accident, mm -hmm. not just suicide. Yeah. And <clears throat> what happened when I, um, you know, when I learned of this concept of God, mm -hmm. that it was really through a priest in North Carolina after I lost my grandma to suicide, mm -hmm. that told me to pray this prayer called the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Mm -hmm. Um, for the salvation of her soul. And, and that was the first time you'd heard about I the was chaplet. the very first time yeah. I had ever, how ironic mm -hmm. that the very first time I heard of the Divine Mercy Chaplet ended up being the most mm -hmm. prominent and most uh, important time I ever heard of the Divine mm -hmm. Mercy Chaplet. As I was with this priest and he explained to me, because my grandma at the time I was talking with him had died 10 years earlier. Mm -hmm. And I was doing a general confession and explained to him that I felt bad because when my grandma passed away 10 years earlier, I really didn't pray for her. I really wasn't there for her. I just, my life was not present to her. Mm -hmm. And now, 10 years later, coming back to my faith, the guilt, yeah. the Catholic guilt set in, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, and uh, we all we all hear about our Catholic guilt, right? But it's it's not just Catholic guilt in a negative sense. It's sometimes a prick in our conscience. And this priest told me to go home and pray the chaplet of divine mercy for the salvation of my grandmother's soul. Mm -hmm. And I was perplexed. I said, Father, you maybe didn't hear me, but she died 10 years ago, and mm -hmm. I can't change that. You know, Grandma is either in heaven, I hope, or hell, I hope not. Yep. But she's been judged. Mm -hmm. I can't change that now. And, you know, maybe there could be a little time out of purgatory if she even made it that far. Yep. And he repeated it again to mm -hmm. go home and pray this chapel for her salvation. I said, Father, I, I'm not getting it. And he said, look, God is outside of time. He said, God created time for us. We were created in time. There is no past for God. And when he said there's no future for God, it really got crazy mm -hmm. for me because that seems so odd. How could there be no future for God? Mm -hmm. And the answer is actually everything is one big eternal present moment mm -hmm. to God. So if we have Adam and Eve and then we look all the way to the end of the world, God sees everything in between instantaneously all at once. Thomas Aquinas backs this up. St. Augustine, they talk about Thomas Aquinas talks about one big eternal present now, mm -hmm. one moment. Yeah. So in other words, my grandma did not commit suicide 10 years ago mm -hmm. to God. And I'm sitting there, the concept just blew me away. And he said, listen, it's all present to God at one moment. So mm -hmm. when you pray, it's not that God's looking and saying, well, you missed your opportunity. Yeah. It's all present at once. And then he gave me that story that's documented by the Franciscans of Padre Pio that really mm -hmm. affected me. And he said, Padre Pio, this is documented, that was praying uh, during a physical exam mm -hmm. of his doctor. <clears throat> excuse me. And his doctor noticed he was praying, asked Padre Pio, what are you praying for? Mm -hmm. And he said, the conversion and happy death of my grandfather. And the doctor said, 
well, I knew your grandfather. He died 20 years ago or whatever mm -hmm. it was. He said, you know, like perplexed, like, I don't get it. And Padre Pio said, I know. But God knew 20 years ago yep. that I would be here tonight making this prayer and he can apply the graces from those prayers back to my grandfather mm -hmm. at that moment so that those graces maybe, just maybe, help him to say yes to Jesus. Now, I'm not his proxy. I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, Padre Pio basically was saying, or I could say about my grandmother, mm -hmm. I'm not her proxy. I'm not saying, well, be quiet, Grandma. Uh, yeah. Let me say yes for you. And mm -hmm. she rejects him. No, the point was <clears throat> at the moment of death, we all need grace mm -hmm. because this is our moment. If without the grace, you know, Mary said, many souls go to hell because there's nobody to pray for them. Yeah. All of a sudden, that made perfect sense mm -hmm. because if there was somebody to pray for them, those souls would have more grace mm -hmm. to be able to say yes to God. It almost, it almost seems in one sense unfair, but when you really look at it, it's actually not only fair, yeah. it's actually merciful mm -hmm. that somebody can be so far from God and so rejecting of God, but could still have a fighting chance because of our prayers. Yeah. I always equate it to the four men of the paralytic. Mm -hmm. My favorite, in fact, I've put it in the book. When those four men lowered the paralytic to the feet of Jesus, Jesus looked at the man and he did not say to the man on the mat, your faith has healed you. Mm -hmm. He looked up to the four men on the roof and said, your faith has healed this man. Yeah. That's incredible. And so mm -hmm. I asked the priest, I said, well, Father, how do I get my grandma out of hell? He's like, no, it's, it's, it's those graces will be given at that moment because mm -hmm. everything will be made present. Mm -hmm. So it's not that you're getting out of her, out of hell. We can't do that. It's she has the opportunity to receive those graces, mm -hmm. not because, you know, she can get out of hell, but because God being omniscient, mm -hmm. he's all knowing he knew you were going to make this prayer tonight. Mm -hmm. And God being omnipotent, mm -hmm. all-powerful, has the power to apply those graces back at that time where she needed them the most. Mm -hmm. And so he explained to me, it's like your prayers help lift this veil so that she can see God for who he is. Now, you're not, you're not giving the grace. You're just helping to lift that veil so she can see God for who he is. You can mm -hmm. see Jesus yep. and hopefully say yes to him. Amazing, incredible, yeah. and backed by scripture and theologians like Jimmy Aiken and others, mm -hmm. uh, a very real concept. Okay. And like you said, it extends even beyond, it's not just a matter for suicide, it's a matter for any kind of anyone. Time. So then there's hope you, even yes. maybe abs, for someone like Judas. Abs, well, you know, that's a great question because we're often asked that. Now, mm -hmm. yes, it is true that many of the church fathers have stated mm -hmm that Judas' soul was lost. So, yes, this may be this may be the way to look at that. However, how many mm -hmm. souls do we know are definitively lost in the Catholic Church other than than Judas? Not even Hitler. Yeah. We don't even know definitively. Now, I think the odds are pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but you never know. He could have had final moment grace. He could have had a final repentance or mm -hmm. he may not have had free will. He could have had a mental mm -hmm. disease. There was a story of a man in the late 60s who climbed a bell tower at the University of Texas mm -hmm. and shot several students. And everybody, rightfully so, was ready to condemn this man. Mm -hmm. uh, this man's going to burn in hell. They were angry. They were, they were hurt. They went and did an autopsy and found a brain tumor the size of a golf ball. Mm -hmm. 
Now, there's an incredible chance that that brain tumor affected yeah. his cognitive process. Yeah. Now, if Changes that's the case, if our God judged him and said, you know what? I don't care that you had this tumor and this effect on your free will. You're going to hell anyway mm -hmm. because you did an objectively grave yeah. sin. That's why mm -hmm. one of the conditions is free will. Yeah. 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 That's that's fascinating and something I think a lot of people don't really no. appreciate. They Many no Catholics notion. don't understand yeah. that whole concept. I didn't yeah. before the death of my grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. But there's so there's great hope. There's great there is great hope that <coughs> in all sorts yes. of situations that otherwise seem hopeless. It is. And it's not again, you pointed out, just suicide. Yeah. This could be a lost child in a car wreck. This could be a lost parent due to cancer. Yeah. This could be a spouse due to natural yeah. causes. Yeah. Well, and I, th I think we live in a world where so many people think of faith as sort of a nice thing that you do if you like it. Yeah. They're not really focused on the resurrection and the life. And of, what it brings to you in the moment of your judgment. Yeah. Yes. Or of your loved ones. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because we can help them just as much as we can help ourselves. That's an incredible concept. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, it, your your congregation has that role of praying for the dead. Yes. But this blows that wide open. It does. It's not just it souls it in purgatory. Greater. It's Yeah, it's all the dead. Yes. Okay. All the dead. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Now, now, tragically, suicide is so prevalent these days and such a hard topic to ha handle. Talk to me about what first inspired you to write and speak about church teaching on suicide. Well, as we first pointed out here, mm -hmm. it was the death of my grandmother. Um, 93? 93. And um, we didn't discuss it. We didn't talk about it like most Catholic families. Mm -hmm. um, we just assumed, we learned that uh, she was a lost soul. And uh, wow, that's too bad for grandma, but... We're not going to talk about it. Yeah. Wow, what a wrong thing to do. And you weren't really practicing your faith in no. a serious way, no, I think? Not, okay. not, not, no, I was not. And uh, for the next 10 years, there was real no prayers for Grandma. There was, yeah. no, there was no understanding other than just in the back of the mind, the hurt and the guilt yeah. that she was lost and was a soul that was condemned now. So this wasn't the fault of your parish priest or someone who was telling you this. Right. This was just what you assumed. Yeah, from growing up yeah. in the Catholic Church, yeah. that you just hear from friends yeah. and family that if you commit suicide, you take your or you take your yeah. life, you you're lost. Yeah, you're condemned. You're okay. going to hell. Sort of folk Catholicism. And it's very yeah. possible that that could be true. Yeah, it's very possible. We yeah. are by no means universalists mm -hmm. here, um, under the 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 heresy of universalism by saying it doesn't matter what you do, you yeah. will be saved. That is not true. It's very possible that souls would take their own life, could go to hell just for that act. Yeah. If they are given the chance to repent, they don't. Yeah. Um, they freely had a choice in the matter and they took it. This is a mm -hmm. serious problem. Yeah, if they're rejecting God's they're grace. They're rejecting yeah. God's mercy, which is the only unforgivable sin, yeah. which is, is, is final impenitence, the Dominicans taught us. Yeah. So um, learning about this through the, the, the death of my grandmother um, actually brought me to an overwhelming um, surprise mm -hmm. that everything I learned was not really what. Yeah, there the, was there was more than that. Yeah, yeah, and that God's so merciful mm -hmm. that He's even given a chance to yeah. this person who took their own life and yeah. to me to survive to f follow as a left behind person, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah, uh, to have hope. Mm -hmm. And so that hope is because there's hope still for her salvation. Yeah. An incredible, incredible mm -hmm. grace that God gives yeah. to those who are suffering. Well, and, and clearly the fact that her loss impacted your family so much meant that she was loved. 
Yes. Tell us a little about your grandmother. Give us some sense of who she was. Yeah. Um, Czech by origin. My grandfather was Croatian, so we're Slavic. Um, you know, the traditional old country kept mm-hmm. all the traditions. It was beautiful. Uh, cooked, still the best cook you ever, ever uh, yeah. could meet. Uh, the, the the dishes that she would make, the chicken paprikash and mm-hmm. uh, all just amazing. And um, and but she worked. Uh, she was very unlike many women of the 40s and 50s who stayed mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. at that golden age where they could stay home because mm-hmm. you could survive on one income. She worked um, and she worked at the Fisher Body and the General Motors plants, sewing big, thick, heavy industrial leather seats. Mm-hmm. And her body was racked with arthritis. Oof. She was a smoker. Her mm-hmm. lungs were racked with the effects of smoking. Her mm-hmm. um, her physical condition, she just, I remember staying over there and, you know, she'd be up to two in the morning and would get up at four in the morning. Oof. It just, uh, mm-hmm. it was brutal on her. Yeah. She, um, she just couldn't continue the same day in and day out struggle. It mm-hmm. just became too much for her. So um, we don't really believe that there was full free will. Yeah. Did she want to do this? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, did she see any other way out? No. Yeah. Now she made the wrong decision, and mm-hmm. we never encourage people uh, that this is the right decision. Yeah. But I think in lieu of the circumstances, mm-hmm. um, God's mercy yeah. uh, was was there for her, and our prayers helped distribute that mercy mm-hmm. to her, yeah. even tonight. Well, and especially given, like you're saying, she was in intense physical pain for yes. a long period of time. Yes. And it sounds like there wasn't any palliative care or anything that was really going to change that. Yeah, she was living at home and just enduring this day after day. And the catechism talks about explicitly torture or yes. fear of torture. That's 2282, yes. As, uh, great suffering or yeah. fear of torture. Yeah. She was suffering. She yeah. was being tortured. Yeah. So, And then the end of that line says can mitigate mm-hmm. the culpability of those yeah. who take their own lives. Yeah, and she'd been enduring this for so, years. Yeah, so yeah. if 2282 says grave fear, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, like I said, uh, a fear of torture or great suffering mm-hmm. can mitigate the responsibility of the yeah. one taking their own lives, I think she's yeah. a perfect example, as many are who take their own life. Well, in, in the past year, I think, even... Yeah. We had we had lost colleague Mark Mastery, and he had yes. had Lyme disease for yes. five years, six years yeah. by that point. He was getting he was struggling greatly. Yeah, God well, rest his soul. Similar yeah. pain. Well, I don't know about similar pain. You'd have to ask each of them. But yeah. Um, okay. So you, like your audience for this book, have lost someone close to you to suicide. What's the hope for those of us who have left? And you've touched on this some more, but talk some more about the hope for those of us left behind. Because oftentimes, even if you know this intellectually, you may not feel it in your heart. Well, yeah. In fact, uh, Brother Jason Lewis and I, who co-authored the book, put together a mm-hmm. little spiritual blueprint, kind of a plan. And you can mm-hmm. find it on page 108 of our book when we go into the second half, um, where it's basically the three spiritual principles, um, you know, after somebody incurs a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Again, not just suicide. Yeah. But we use this example because of the example of my grandmother. Mm-hmm. But... <clears throat> The hope that comes from those who are left behind starts with the first part of the equation. There's hope for their salvation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if huge, I'm— Huge relief yeah, of mine. Yeah, that's a huge— yeah. I mean, fact, you felt that yourself, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, relief. the fact that I have the, let's call it, confident hope, mm-hmm. as we do in the book, yeah. 
that she can be saved, that changes everything. Mm -hmm. Then from the despair that there's nothing can change the fact that she's in hell. Yeah. Wow. What a... What a difference. What a weight. What a, yeah. yeah. What a, what a difference in the confident hope yeah. that there is through the mercy of God's salvation to the utter despair that there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Not even God can save her. Yeah. Well, we're really not supposed to limit God that much. Yeah. For all the, you know, the traditionalists out there, and I'm a traditionalist, mm-hmm. um, we're not saying that this isn't a serious sin. Yeah. Or that cannot result in— Or that in, they're not in danger. Right. Yeah. But they're not in danger or could result in damnation. Yeah. It certainly may. But at the same time, who are we, as the Holy Father said, instead of to judge, mm-hmm. I add, who are we to limit the power of God? Yeah. Who are we to limit the mercy of God? Yeah. So to answer the question, the spiritual principles are kind of borrowed in general mm-hmm. from kind of like that AA approach, which mm-hmm. are Christian principles. But basically, first, we have to admit that we are powerless over the loss of our loved ones. Mm-hmm. We'll beat ourselves to death yeah. if I just would have left the house five minutes earlier. Yeah. If I just would have come home instead of going uh, to the restaurant to grab a bite to eat, that yep. would still be with us right now. No, you can't bury yourself in the woulda, coulda, shouldas, as you always yeah. say when you were helping us to edit the book. Mm-hmm. This is not your fault. Yeah. If somebody is determined yeah. to take their life, they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing we have to do is admit that we're powerless over the loss of our loved one. That's, that's a letting go. Mm-hmm. We can't blame ourselves forever. And the second one is we come to trust that Jesus, the divine mercy, can restore our lives to manageability. Mm -hmm. All right. So basically here, we're trusting Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we believe. We believe in our heads. Um, We come to the knowledge that God um, can restore us Mm -hmm. in our lives to manageability. Now, the next one builds on that is that we make an, a decision to entrust. Mm-hmm. So trust, that's more like, yes, I believe in you, Jesus. Yes, I will accept your help. But to entrust is to actually now physically do it. Mm-hmm. I can trust you, yeah. but I haven't done anything with it yet. Yeah. When I now come and hand over my car to you yeah. and say, yes, Chris, you can drive this now, I'm entrusting it to you. I trust you leads to an entrustment. Mm-hmm. So now I entrust. I make a decision to entrust. Uh, we, we do this. Our will, our lives, and our loved ones mm-hmm. to the loving care and protection of God. Mm-hmm. So when we do this, these three spiritual principles help us to get through these of us or those of us mm-hmm. who are um, left behind. You know, yeah. that is that Protestant series says. Yeah. But that's why we see there's hope for them, meaning mm-hmm. their salvation, and for you, yeah. meaning left behind. So you see a, a really deep connection between a lived faith in God and the ability to heal from a tragedy like this. Yes, yes, because mm-hmm. when you, you know, trust is a living faith, mm-hmm. as Father Seraphim used to say. Yep. Jesus, uh, Father Seraphim used to go so far as to say the image, the tr- proper translation is actually, Jesus, I faith in you. Hmm. Yeah. Meaning, I'm activating faith. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like belief. You yeah. know, non-Catholics 
oh, all I have to do is believe mm-hmm. in my mind that God exists. Well, Satan yeah. believes God exists. Yeah. It doesn't do him any good. But when you put that love and belief into action yeah. through love of God, love of neighbor, then it, it becomes mm-hmm. realized. It becomes the, – the potential becomes active. Yeah. And part of that is entrusting mm-hmm. your will, your life, and your loved ones to the loving care and protection of God. So I want to address something out there that I think is really important. Even – if you don't feel like you have faith, if you don't feel faithful, if you don't feel mm-hmm. trusting, can you entrust? Can you have faith? Absolutely. Purely okay. by an act of the will. Because okay. So uh, faith some, is more than feelings. Yes. Thomas Aquinas makes it clear that love is not just an emotion. Mm-hmm. Emotions go up and down like a seismograph. Yeah. If the love was just an emotion, none of us yeah. um, would make it past a, probably a few months mm-hmm. in a marriage or a religious life commitment. Um Thomas Aquinas, I love him. He says, it's not about feelings. Yeah. It's about decisions. An Very act Dominican. Of the will. Yes, classic <laughs> Dominican. That it's about a decision, an act yeah. of the will that I choose to love you mm-hmm. no matter how tough it gets. Yeah. If my emotions are the key factor, then the second I'm upset with you, I'm done. Yeah. And there are people who've done that in relationships. That's why our divorce rates of Catholics are so high. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Because okay. people are... Basing everything today on emotions. And why so many people leave the church. Yeah, and emotions. Well, I'm offended or I'm this mm-hmm. and that. Without making an act of the will that, you know what? Yeah. God, I choose to love you and the way you're loving me is through your sacraments. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a practical way to entrust even if we are struggling mm-hmm. by making an act of, act of entrustment. Yeah. And you can do that as simple as reading a prayer or surrendering it to God even if you don't feel like it. Okay. And so we have to offer ourselves in that act of entrustment, and you can do that. It's an act of the will. You do not need the permission um, mm. of the emotions. And I think that can be incredibly liberating for so many yes. people who, yes. who just feel so awful. Absolutely. They, they don't even want to come to church because yeah. I feel like a hypocrite. Yeah. Well, no. Convince your act of the will to go to confession mm-hmm. and go to mass because you need yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And some people might say, well, that's fine to say, but but who can live that way? Yeah. And I, I'm reminded of both St. Faustina and Mother Teresa, both of whom kind of had yeah, those similar. times of spiritual darkness where their emotions weren't with it at all. Right. Have you – can you tell me a little more about that, about um, Faustina's um, con, you know, confrontations with her own darkness? And I just quoted one in the homily the yeah. other day, St. Faustina. Um, it was when I gave a talk on um, – uh, a, a special uh, show we're going to be doing on EWTN about 9-11. Mm-hmm. And I did my show on the connection with the Holy Name of Mary, September 12th. Mm-hmm. That story is amazing that the terrorists chose September 11th. It was the height of their power. Mm-hmm. But then uh, they were defeated at Vienna uh, through the name of Mary as mm-hmm. Sobieski and his soldiers. Yeah, a couple centuries earlier, yeah. Yeah, a couple called out the name of Mary. And mm-hmm. um, they defeated this amazing uh, mm-hmm. Islamic force. But anyway, calling upon the uh, Holy Name of Mary. And the whole point that I stated was St. Faustina. I read a passage in the diary. I apologize. I don't remember the number. But she says, Lord, I feel horrible because mm-hmm. I can't find the feelings of love for these people. Yeah. I have no feelings of love for them. Yeah. She says, I can't. I feel mm-hmm. terrible. And Jesus says, feelings are not in your control. Yeah. What is in your control is mm-hmm. your act, your will. Mm-hmm. So choose, make the decision to pray for them, mm-hmm. even if you don't feel like it. Yeah. 
It's liberating. And the same thing applies with it's faith. Liberating. And the same thing applies yes. with hope. And yes. if you don't have the feelings of faith, the feelings of hope, you can still choose. Okay. To do an act of faith, an act yeah. of hope. And that's a huge help, yeah. especially. An act of hope would be having a funeral said for a loved one, even though you yeah. don't believe you're doing an act of hope. Okay. An act of faith is even though I'm struggling, mm-hmm. I'm going to Mass. Yeah. Even yeah. though I'm struggling right now. Okay. People who believe, well, because I don't feel this way, it's like a marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't feel in love with them anymore. Well, mm-hmm. you know, work through that. Yeah. Acts of the will. It's like kind of these children now. Kids grow up with some really haywire mm-hmm. feelings and emotions, and they go through puberty. Yeah. Um, emotions and feelings are all over the place. Mm-hmm. If some girl just happens to make the utterance, well, gee— Maybe I should have been a boy or a boy says maybe I should have been a girl. And you're going to rush them off to the doctor, begin hormone mm-hmm. uh, treatments and start doing sex changes on them to become yeah. a, a different gender. Mm-hmm. You're doing a real disservice because usually those things work themselves out over time. Mm-hmm. They work themselves completely out. Mm-hmm. It was just that's the way it was. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it is, I should say. Yeah. And so we can't make these permanent mistakes because of a temporary Mm-hmm. It's like the decision of suicide. It's a permanent mistake to temporary problems. Yeah. Temporary problems are misunderstandings. Um, let it not lead to a permanent hmm. um, sex change because the girl for one week period felt like a boy. Hmm. That's a natural yeah. part of growing up. Yeah. Yeah. So. So just back then to the to specifically dealing with suicide, talk to me about the role of Jesus and Mary, both for those who have lost someone and those who those who have passed, like the hope that comes from those two people, Jesus and Mary. Yeah. First of all, the first one, there's hope for them, meaning those who have passed, is going to go back to the diary, 1486 and 1698, where Jesus comes to them and Mm -hmm. gives them the chance to repent. Uh, A lot of that comes through the grace given through the distribution of Mary. Mm -hmm. So as Mary is the uh, mediatrix of all grace, she distributes that grace Mm-hmm. Uh, for these souls to be able to respond. Now, a lot of people get angry over that. You know, Jesus is the only mediator to the Father. Yes, or Jesus is the only way to the Father, but there's many ways to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Philip found Jesus through Nathaniel. Andrew yeah. uh, brought Peter to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to be too... Um, yeah. limited in our view of that passage. And I like what you say about the delegated authority and the delegation of roles. Absolutely. And, you know, right uh, in the diary or in the Bible, uh, Matthew 16, 19, Matthew 18, 18, John 20, 23, mm-hmm. Jesus delegates his authority. Yeah. He delegates very clear who sins yeah. you, mm-hmm. um, you know, loose are loosed on earth, who sins you. Yeah. A bind are bound on earth. Are bound so the priest can, with confession and yeah. with prayer and with the mass, bring huge grace even into the lives of people who have had these terrible losses. Yes. So Mary and Jesus play mm-hmm. a role, huge role for those who have died. Now, for those of us left behind, mm-hmm. uh, the role is, first of all, there's only one way to get through it, and that is grace. And yeah. again, that grace comes from God. But we have to cooperate mm-hmm. with it. And one of the ways we cooperate with it is the help of the Blessed Mother. Yeah. So Mary can help explain, show us, lead us, guide us. Yeah. Remember, um, Mary is not the goal. Jesus is the goal. Mary's mm-hmm. simply the guide. Yeah. Mary takes and what us. what a guide. Yeah. And, and she's the ultimate GPS. She's the one who leads us mm-hmm. to where we're trying to find Jesus because nobody knows yeah. him better. Okay. Final question. Yeah. You travel a great deal. You have talks at conferences and missions and all that. So I'm sure you've had a chance to hear feedback about this book. Yes. What have people had to say about it? I'm... In one sense, um, 
saddened. Yeah. And one sense glad. Mm-hmm. I'm saddened that there's every bit as much a demand for this book today as there was when we wrote it. Yeah. That means suicides are still happening. That means, yeah. you know, um, the newest numbers show that suicide calls to suicide hotlines are up 600%. Mm-hmm. Um, there are now more veterans that have lost their lives through suicide. Vietnam vets. There's more Vietnam vets who have died by suicide than they were killed in the war. Oof. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's absolutely unbelievable. Um, you know, to say that more have died, and then this one's shocking, uh, more people every year die by suicide than all the wars or homicides combined. Oof. More people die by suicide than all yeah. the wars or homicides combined. And we're never talking about this problem. Yeah. So the book has become quite well known in the Catholic world, at least amongst those who have lost. Yeah. Um, how many times I've met people that said, as soon as I lost my son, um, parishioners gave me your book. Yeah. Um, as soon as I lost my daughter, a good friend mailed me a copy of your book. Yeah. So it's become, again, I say unfortunately, um, selling yeah. now as good as ever because there's such a demand. Yeah. There's such brokenness. There's such woundedness that yeah. needs to be, um, you know, only through the mercy of God needs to be fixed. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I have never, I have not seen a bad review of it. Which no, I, I, I'm surprised too. I'm shocked. I am too. I'm very <laughs> Just because surprised. of how hard the subject is. Yes. I mean, I would have yes. thought, but. I would have thought we would have been attacked for the theology. I thought we would have been attacked for the insensibilities yeah. that, you know, that we say somebody can still be lost. I thought we could have been attacked for the ultra traditionalists who said, "How dare you say mm-hmm. that somebody who's committed suicide is not in hell?" That you know, I just thought we would have got it from every side. Yeah, but... Ironically, the um, the feedback has all been almost one hundred percent positive. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for sitting down and talking all about right. it with us, Father. Oh, well, God bless and all those who are. Part of this podcast, this is such an important uh, message um, of, of mercy yep. and what you're doing to bring it to the people. So, And for you. anyone who's listening who's lost someone, be assured Father will be praying for you and for your loved ones. Yes, and one of the websites you can visit us if you'd like to enroll, not enroll, sorry, that's not a proper term. If you'd like to give your loved one's name, mm-hmm. go to suicideandhope.com. Suicideandhope.com, there you can find resources. You can find this book for sale. Um, You know, you can find many, many resources. But most of all, um, you can find your loved ones. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find their names. There's thousands of names Mm -hmm. on that website, and I I pray for those people. So um, you can get the book there, or if you wish, you can get it on Amazon if if you're out of the country. Um, And so please... Feel free to, to, to order it on Amazon. But if you know anybody who has lost someone to any mode or method or reasoning, yeah. this book is helpful. I promise it will help. It's not just a book about statistics of suicide. Yeah. Now, there's a small part I treat that. Yeah. But that's not the gist of the book. Okay. The gist of the book is God's mercy. Today I've been talking with Father Chris Aylar, author of After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You, with his co-author Jason Lewis. Thank you. I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily 
for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you.